It is hard enough to hear the words, you have cancer, but at least, you know, you think, well, the healthcare system will immediately kick in and and look after you when that happens. At least that is what we think will happen. And it does happen for so many people, but not for everyone, not for our next guest. Kristen Logan joins us now, who is a cancer patient undergoing treatment. Kristen, thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. First of all, how are you? How are you doing? Um, you know, I'm doing pretty good today. I've uh, had my first chemotherapy treatment, and I have to say that uh, that treatment has, has helped me to feel much better than I had been feeling previously. Okay. When did this all start? Can you, when, when was your diagnosis? My diagnosis was in September, and, you know, getting to that diagnosis was quite the process itself, and, and I know that that happens for, for many people where, uh, you know, you go in with these symptoms and they kind of get ignored or blown off uh, multiple times before it seems like you have to stand up and scream and shout to get someone to run the right test. Oh man, that is so true, right? So you you weren't feeling well. <laughs> Did you have to convince your doctor, say, listen, something is wrong here. You need to test me. And actually, I, um, you know, have going to my doctor a few times and kind of, you know, it's, you know, irritable bowel syndrome or it's, you know, uh, maybe it's exercise-induced asthma. It actually took uh, waking up one morning and having some intense pain in my side, taking me to the ER before I got those tests. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, so, and you yeah. got the test. What did they tell you? Well, after going to the ER, and, and by this point, it's September, and, you know, my symptoms started back in March. So at this point in the ER, you know, they ran some tests uh, looking at my side and said, you have fluid in the lining of your lungs. Um, and they, they couldn't find, you know, there's no clots. There's no real reason for that. They were going to send me home from that point uh, my husband uh, was my advocate, and he was there, and he said, look, you know, she's been having a lot of bloating in her abdomen as well for months. Nobody can find a cause for that. I think it's related. Will you please just run another CT scan there? And fortunately, they did, and that's where they found that I had all this fluid in my abdomen as well. Um, and then they saw that I had some thickening uh, in you know, the cavity in my abdomen that, that they said, this, this looks like it could be cancer. Okay, and from that point on, did the diagnosis come fairly quickly? Um, I would say it took about, uh, let's see, that was the 2nd of September, and it was the 18th that I got diagnosed wow. officially. Okay, still, so that's still a while. Not as quick as I would have liked. Because no. At that point, you know, you realize, like, wow, all this time has gone by that I've been having these symptoms. How bad is it? And, and so by the time they diagnosed, or even before diagnosis, they said, if this is cancer, it's metastasized. <clears throat> so... Yeah. Okay, so Kristen, now you're at <laughs> September 18th, and now you think, you know what, I yeah. want to start chemotherapy like right now. But w- what yes. happened at that point? <laughs> um, at that point, you know, they put in a referral for BC cancer, um, and, you know, I waited about a week and a half. Um, and, and at that point, I decided, you know, I'm a dual citizen, and, and I had some options in the States. So I said, I, I can't keep waiting for BC cancer. So I left. Um, and then they called me uh, the day after I came to the States to set up my initial oncology appointment for October 6th. What's interesting is when they set it up, they said, you really should be here in person. So I was willing to go to Victoria, you know, from where I'm at. I'm in Washington, so not a big drive. Uh, and they said, you should be here in person. Then they called me a couple days before the appointment and said, oh, the doctor can't meet you in person. He's busy. So, so wait a minute, uh, wait a you know, minute, right. wait a minute, Kristen. Yeah. So now yeah, right. this is already getting close to October 6th. You were diagnosed September 18th. Yeah. Clearly, you've got a lot of problems. It's already been months where you've been feeling these symptoms. Right. And now they're putting yeah. you off again at that point? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, they, they told me from the very beginning, like, oh, you know, you're a priority because you're young. I'm only 43. Oh, wow. Um, okay. You're young. You're healthy. You're fit. This is aggressive, and it's already stage four. So you're a priority, you know, and, and, and they said that, but nothing they did from that point ever demonstrated that prioritization. And Okay, so what, um, what you know, happened when you said to them, listen, what is going on here with this treatment? Am I getting this or not? Well, you know, so I, I did meet with the oncologist over the phone on October 6th, and he said, again, priority, let's, you know, we're going to get you in. Uh, he said he was going to call, uh, I'm in Campbell River, he's going to call the Campbell River Hospital to get me in for chemo the next week, if he could get it in the next week. Uh, I, weeks go by, and finally on November 2nd, I took it upon myself to call BC Cancer and say, what happened? Um, and that's when I found out, you know, they had Campbell River Hospital call me back and they had no record of a referral made for me to have treatment at all. They didn't even see that I had spoken to an oncologist. I had to remember the oncologist's name so that they could track it down. You know, Chris, my blood is boiling at this point for you <laughs> because I've been through this in my family and I can't even oh, imagine how furious I would be if, if this were, you know, if this, I'd had to deal with this situation. So did they apologize? Like what happened? The doctor did call me and apologize. And, and I have to tell you, he called me panicked, you know, asking me if I was okay, if I was okay. And, and that let me know that, you know, had I not been in the States getting treatment, I probably wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you. I probably wouldn't still be here. Um, and, you know, you shared this happened to you, and I, I've already, just from coming public with this story a couple of days ago, had so many stories pour in that are so similar. And in so many cases, the outcome was not so fortunate. And I just think, you know, this isn't just about me. This not, I'm not going public for me, though I am furious. As <laughs> I'm well going you public be. because there are so many people who are relying on the system, and it's letting them down in the worst ways. Kristen, what's happened since you've gone public? Um, well, I've gotten some publicity, as you know. Uh, you know, I have to say I haven't, I haven't heard from, you know, anybody. I, I saw that uh, Global News aired a segment about me last night, and they also um, asked Health Minister Adrian Dix about, you know, my situation. And I, I have to tell you, his response was, to me, not really a response you know, he said that if there's an issue in the system, people have a right to lodge a complaint. That's not good enough because so many people, again, the outcome is that they died. How do you lodge a complaint when you're dead? Um, that's not a response. That's not a responsible response. Are you going to lodge a complaint, though? I absolutely will. Yes. Um, but I think I'm going to do a lot more than that. I think my fight is just getting started. I, I want to amass other people's stories and collect them. Uh, people can send them to me. I'm on Instagram at, at Torva Logan. And through that, I figure, you know, the more stories that we have collected together, the much harder it's going to be to ignore because I don't think a complaint is going to fix anything. Have I you, think it's just going to let them know about me. Right. Have you been able to try to, have you been able to pinpoint kind of where, the problem originated from? Was it BC cancer miscommunication? Was it the doctor's office mm -hmm. miscommunication? Like where did it go wrong here? In this situation, it was the oncologist putting the referral in for treatment 
that's where the system went wrong. Um, and then there's no follow-up, you know, to set to ensure that the referral went through. So somewhere in the process of putting the referral in and uh, ensuring that it went through, there was no there was no fail-safe there, um, and the, the doctor messed up. But you know, like I compare it to, you know, if you had pilots flying 20 hours a day and they were crashing planes, would you pin it on the pilots? No, it's a systemic problem, and it it, it goes all the way back to the very beginning with you know doctors gatekeeping the system instead of running appropriate tests at the first sign of trouble. Right. And it you, comes all the way forward to th- to this. You would think, though, if somebody's file says stage four, that that should move things up a notch, right? That that should put you on a different track, essentially. You would think. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. Okay. So uh, you, um, I, oh, uh, mm-hmm. how, how are you feeling in terms of what's your treatment now moving forward? How much, what's your treatment like right now? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the States, as I said, and, and so um, I'm going to have, you know, three chemotherapy treatments, and then I'm going to uh, most likely, assuming that the cancer has receded enough, uh, they're going to do surgery. They'll do a full hysterectomy um, and omentectomy or uh, removing the omentum. Uh, and so, and then they'll let me recover from that, and I'll have another three chemo treatments. Um, at that point, they'll, you know, determine whether or not I need an additional chemo treatment and what the... Um, maintenance regimen will be from there. And this is a really aggressive cancer, and it's one that has a high recurrence rate, so um, it's certainly not to be trifled with. Do you feel like you're in good hands now with your treatment? Yes, I do. I'm, I'm in, a, in a really good facility in Washington State, I'm feeling really confident in that. Um, but it's been really hard on, on me and my family. You know, my husband is in Campbell River. Um, you know, my income is completely gone. Um, I was a significant income earner in our family. And so this has put just so much pressure financially on my family. Um, you know, are we, are we going to keep our house? Um, you know, what's going to happen? Our, our daughter just started university this year. It, you know, so it's just so much. And then, of course, I'm here with my parents mm-hmm. instead of with my husband and my daughter. So it's just put so much strain um, across the board at a time when our family really, you know, cancer should be the only strain we have to face. Well, Chris, I think you are incredibly brave. And thank you so much you. for sharing your story. And, you know, can you give your um, Instagram, your handle out again or how people can contact you? Absolutely. Um, so Instagram is probably the easiest, um, at Torva Logan. That's T-O-R-V-A-L-O-G-A-N. Um, you can also find me on Facebook um, with the same handle. I have a Facebook page um, that's I set up and that I'll be specifically... Uh, using for all of the my cancer fight as well as um, my fight to change the system. Well, we're going to be thinking of you, okay? And anything we can do to help you, you and support you, you just let us know. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and, and having me on the show today, Simi. Best of luck. We'll be thinking of you, Kristen, okay? Thank you. Take care. You too. That is Kristen Logan. Kristen is a cancer patient, stage four ovarian cancer undergoing treatment right now. And she says that the cancer system here in BC failed her, that she is one of those that slipped slipped through the cracks or is this a systemic problem? Like what is going on? The one thing we've always said is that if somebody's got cancer, we look after you here in BC. Well, that didn't happen here. And saying that, okay, the system's not perfect is not good enough when we're talking about somebody who immediately needed to get in. Now, if you have a story that you think, you know what? This happened to me too, or I know this this happened as well. Let us know. Simi at cknw.com. We'll keep track of Kristen and try to get some more answers too about what went wrong here and what's going to be done to fix it.